Hey everyone, this is uh, another Fight Site pod. I don't really know what the context of this one's about. I guess you could consider it an episode of the MMA pod, potentially. But this is uh, an impromptu discussion between myself, Dan Albert, and Fenyo Sky. Um, we, I would like to also begin by saying that this is probably going to be the last piece of audio uh, content I have through this site. Um, so... Now that I've done finished making this all about me, um, I guess what I wanted to talk about today, or rather what Fenyo and I want to talk about today, is I personally think divisional like histories, matchups, and discussion are really fascinating. And I think our, our group has kind of talked a lot about at length um, how divisions kind of develop or like where we think they're going, what's interesting about them, etc. And so I guess this is kind of one big impromptu discussion, and um, kind of where he, Fenyo and I, just off the cuff, just talk about things about these divisions that are interesting, why they've maybe worked the way they have, or what's going on that's probably intriguing or worth paying attention to, etc., etc. So... Um, Fenny, would you say that about covers it? Hello, I'm here, by the way. Um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. Uh, we're going to we're going to be honest here. We're going to freestyle it here, but I think we'll have a, a pretty good discussion around this. Um, it's a, a good way to wrap what was a year, for sure, in UFC history. Yeah, I think looking at 2022, I think, um, maybe like from our perspective, there's a lot of things that some of our favorites didn't win exactly, but I think a lot of developments did happen that are worth talking about, um, that are relevant to this discussion. Cause we did have a number of like certain champions who had been in place for a while. And it kind of seemed like it was going to be hard to find a place over for them. But then like those champions started to get overcome or there was some turnover, or there was just a bunch of matchmaking that showed, like, some shifts in rankings, but although maybe it wasn't, like, every single thing that could have or should have happened, or we wanted to happen, it, it was definitely an eventful year, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and unlike other years, like, we saw a lot of title changes, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to start, so... I think when we kind of look at divisions and you can, you, I think a lot of the ways um, we look at a lot of divisions and we kind of have to go back a few years is why did we have so many dominant champions back then, such as like GSP, Jones, Aldo, O, Anderson, uh-huh. etc. And those guys were able to stay at the top for a while. And we've had some champions like that, I think, but turnover eventually happens and so I guess kind of the question is, why does that turnover happen? Um, it's interesting. I think um, I think the level of the of the absolute elite of the sport uh, hasn't hasn't gone up by that much. I think uh, champions from today are very comparable to the guys that you just mentioned. I think uh, guys like GSP and Prime Aldo, Mighty Mouse, hold up extremely well. In, in today's MMA landscape. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the, lo- 
the lower levels of the divisions, uh, those have risen uh, a lot. At least in most divisions, I think some other divisions are are stagnant. I I think we're going to get to that eventually. But yeah, I think uh, it's a case of uh, the champions staying in a similar level of quality, but the now we see more challengers that are up to that to that level. So we we've seen the the top of the divisions being more competitive. I think, for example, like GSP was like way above everyone in, in his division during his heyday, same with Aldo. And now we have like similar level of fighters in in Volkanovski and Usman, for example. But I think uh, some of the challengers are like closer to them in, in level. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think a good way to look at and I think for this discussion, it's important that we specify we're probably talking about the UFC specifically yeah. here. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we are probably not equipped to talk about every single MMA organization, but th- this statement probably is a good like blanket like one for the vast majority of it. Um, a, a lot of divisions are kind of shaped, I think, by skill development, but also eventually having the tools to overcome a champion. And so that... Th- or become like the number one in their division. And so th- that's kind of where we get into that topic ultimately. So this last year we we saw quite a f- bit of turnover and a lot of it's just organic and some of it was expected, but a lot of it was pretty chaotic. I think in the case of like, um, like women's straw weight, it was pretty chaotic because we had like a bunch of different archetype matchups against each other. And there was just some weird... They were also just very weird fights in general. But we also looked at, like, light heavyweight itself. And although the year ended somewhat hilariously without a champion... (laughs) And it's still a division where it's like... You can totally see how kind of chaotic the matchmaking was. And even, like, with light the lightweight title picture, I think... um, For years, like... um, Although Oliveira overcomed, like, his main oppositions for the most part... Or those were still fights I think most people kind of believed were 50-50 for a reason. And there were points where they really played out as that. And so, and even the Makachev fight, although it didn't necessarily look like it, it was still one where we kind of were like, conceivably, this could go the other way. And I'm sure there's still like other fighters where we're like, yeah, we can see those guys posing issues to the them. But it's kind of less prevalent with like some champions than others because it's like, who on earth are you going to pick over the Volkanovski that beat Max Holloway yeah. a few months ago? Are you going to actually do that with, like, good faith? Or who do you think right now could conceivably, like, beat Aljamain Sterling that easily? Probably not many fighters, but you can think of a few who could challenge him that maybe aren't as ranked highly as others. So I think you're looking at both skill development, but you're also just looking at something that's way more common in MMA than other combat sports. Like, how fluid and, like, versatile, like, the skill pool is just as much as, like, the skill ceiling. Yeah, I think we, we've we reached uh, a, le- a level in MMA where, where being a champion, it's, it's pretty much about matchups uh, with very few exceptions of fighters that look to be, like, very, very good and very hard to beat, like Volkanovski. Uh, other than that, it 
it is not hard to imagine some challenger beating the champion. Um, some look to be like uh, head and shoulders above the division. Ben. For example, we had Usman that looked like pretty uh, like a pretty dominant champion and he looked like that in his fight against Leon Edwards and then we all know what happened. And on the other hand, we have uh, Zhang Weili, for example, that looks uh, look in her last two fights uh, very strong, uh, pretty much invincible, but we just saw her like losing by knockout to Rose and having a close fight with Rose that could have could have gone either way. So it is it is very interesting. And then then there's always like wild cards like like what Pereira was for Adesanya, like a very like a specific matchup that it's very hard to replicate otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's really important to emphasize, like, um, even if the fighter is probably the most all-terrain fighter in their division, like, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, the margins between them and their opposition is going to be that big or, like, even that small. It's just, it's very, very specific. So I think, like, if we were to ask ourselves, like, is anyone more all-terrain than Volkanovsky, for instance, like, we probably would say no. But, but he's also, the one thing about talking with Volkanovsky, though, is we've seen him fight, like, the other top guy at that division, and we've seen that guy fight a lot of other dudes. Yeah. But the the one difficult thing about it, talking with Volkanovsky versus Featherway, is although there's no way we're going to pick anyone over him, not with that last showing, and not with what he does show consistently, but... You you can still like say we haven't seen him fought everyone, so sometimes we're just dealing with unknowns. It's like, and I think that kind of segues to the next point. Like, I think a lot of people, including you and I, would say Piotr Jan might be the most well-rounded fighter at bantamweight. He was kind of our lock to be considered like the best guy or the close second at the start of the year, but now he's down like with two very close decisions that a lot of people have argued against, but still, at the very least, he didn't look like the most dominant fighter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, let's talk about Volkanovski and, and Featherweight. That's a good division to start on. Um, so with Volkanovski, as you said, like we've seen him fight Holloway, and Holloway has fought a lot of people. Um, so, but they're still, like, I would say, like, with the current landscape of the division, there are four uh, like intriguing fights for Volkanovski. I would say in the division. Um, uh, f- first one is Emmet, obviously. Um, why is Emmet interesting for Volkanovski? And and by the way, I'm I'm starting saying off the bat that I would I would not pick any of these fighters against against Volkanovski, but. They are still interesting fights and guys who have a shot. Uh, first, Emmett, uh, pretty much guy that can match Volkanovski physically, and also like an interesting matchup because he's a guy with similar dimensions, uh, with huge power, has a wrestling background. Um, so e- even though he doesn't have the the depth of skill that Volkanovski has, um, he can compete everywhere, both physically and skill wise. So that that makes for an interesting fight, I would say. 
um, we have Arnold Allen, uh, who is like on the opposite side, like he is, he's long, uh, he's like a kicker, he's mobile, and also like well-rounded, um, seems to have power, seems to have cardio, determination, it's, it's, uh, so also interesting. And the other two are like uh, a bit, a bit more uh, lower on the rankings. Uh, Ilya Topuria obviously is still developing, but a very impressive performance against uh, Bryce Mitchell. Uh, again, a fighter that can't compete, even though even though he probably doesn't have the the depth, uh, he can't compete with Volkanovski everywhere and um, match him physically as well. Uh, very powerful boxer. Uh, very strong wrestler, good grappler, uh, especially from top position. And the wild card, I would say, is Ivloyev. Sadly, we didn't get uh, to see Ivloyev after the fight with Ige. He was linked uh, to fight Topuri at one point. That would have been a great fight. But Ivloyev also a very, like, complete fighter. Uh, not in the level physically that like Emmet or Topuri are, but still like a very technical fighter that that presents an interesting challenge, especially with the with the links between the striking and the wrestling. Um. So, and all of this is on top of Polkanovski moving up to lightweight to challenge Mahashev on his next fight. So who knows what's going to happen in the division? Obviously, we have the the interim title fight between Emmet and, and Jair that I didn't even mention. So, so yeah, I mean, a, a lot to look forward to in featherweight. Uh, as always, one of the best divisions in the sport. And now having the the number one powerful power fighter, in my opinion. So, so yeah, what do you think about what I just said? I, th- I think the thing with, with uh, featherweight, I can't really talk about matchup specifics at the moment just because a lot of the guys I don't know that well um, but I do think it's um, I, I do think at the moment featherweight's in a decent enough place where organic development can and will happen the other thing there is some weird things going on such as like the one and two having separated themselves consistently like the clear one and two and then like there's not been like a clear three for a while between like the weirdness of some results with Yair and Ortega. Um, no, Al- versus Allen. Yeah, but there's all there's also like some um, it look looking at the whole like rankings even just like it tells you a lot of these guys are still fairly young and developing, and that most of the old guys are starting to be on their way out, um, or inevitably you see them probably getting knocked out of that rankings fairly soon. Um, I think we do have to consider, despite the champion um, looking as good as he is, like he's still on the older side. Yeah. And although he just had his best performance and he's going up the lightweight, we, we do have to consider that a turnover, just because this is MMA, it, it is going to inevitably happen probably within the next few years. I'd say two to three to be fair. Um, but we really, really don't know 100%. Like, we, we we don't really know everything that's going to happen, but we, we can at the very least expect, like, some changes are going to keep happening, and so far they have. Like, I do know 
some differences have occurred in the last few years for featherweight. Um, the the thing is, some guys at the top have kind of been there just through a product of matchmaking competitiveness. Some guys have kind of just been there because they've just hung around. But it, it's it's a division where I would expect a lot of the guys who like are there in that like fifteen, such as Ivalev, uh, Tapuria, and then like Allen, etc. Like, um, are definitely going to be guys in that next generation, and so. That's something to look forward to in featherweight because even if your favorites are going to be on their way out, like these fighters are good enough that they're not going to go without a fight at the very least. Yeah, for sure. I think I so I I think featherweight like um although like the champion like doesn't have quote like m- much intrigue going on right now, I would expect in the next few years that intrigue is going to show up more and more. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the older fighters because there's there's quite a few of them other than Volkanovski being like on the on the older side. Uh, Holloway has like a million fights. I think we we already have seen uh, Holloway like being uh, a that bit slower. Um, uh, Emmett himself is not young. Uh, obviously, has a lot less wear and tear than some of the other old fighters. Uh, Shazun Jung, obviously, like on the old side and past his prime. Uh, Giga Shikatsu ha- had a whole kickboxing career before transitioning to MMA. Um, and there, then there's like young guys. There's um, Jair is still pretty pretty young, even though he has a a lot of wear and tear, I would say. But there's Allen, uh, there's Topuria, as I said, Ibloyev, uh, Bryce Mitchell, even guys like like Sadiq. So, so yeah, I mean, it's going to, to be interesting to see how these matchups between older and younger fighters play out and, and like who, who gets to stay and who goes out. Because the division is is not poor outside the top 15 either so so maybe we see like new faces in the in the rankings next year mm-hmm. um yeah I, mean, I i i do i don't really have a lot of problems with the matchmaking featherweight has honestly had the last few years to be honest it feels like a pretty healthy division yeah other than the the interim title fight is very weird i would say um i mean I get it. Uh, the UFC likes Jair a lot, and he has that win uh, over Ortega. But I think, I think Allen versus Emmett was the fight to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I mean, em- Emmett versus Jair is still like a compelling fight, so can't really mm-hmm. complain. And and why don't we move to lightweight, considering Volkanovski's fighting Islam, and and that's a fight that has a lot of trouble with with its racket fighters so so yeah go I ahead I think I think the big thing we have to talk about lightweight is a few years ago um members of our team released this um round table post Khabib Nurmagomedov vacating the belt which was called like a round robin of violence between Oliveira, Poirier, Gaethje, Chandler etc as to, like, who would probably come out of all these matchups on top. 
And uh, I think like Oliveira was the favorite, but I, I don't really remember. A lot of the matchups were very deterministic, but Oliveira nonetheless came out on top of all those matchups. And we kind of had a bit of a mini Robbie Lawler era equivalent at lightweight for a little bit. And in the process, though, that did hold up a lot of the division, if we're being honest. As far as letting guys with skill development come up or, like, challenge the top guys, it kind of held it quite a bit back. From an entertainment standpoint, it was awesome, but it's meant the division hasn't really developed much. But it's not just that that's kind of contributed. Lightweight's always been a division of, like, some weird fuckery, to be honest, um, with the whole McGregor, Khabib, Tony, Sagas, etc. And so, it, it, we, we have some, f- we kind of have a top five right now that Makachev, although he's proven to be, like, the best lightweight in the world by beating the guy, he did kind of jump most of those rankings, if we're being honest. Yeah, for so, sure. So there's still a lot of things that even if Makachev wins or you would favor him, he still has a lot of fights that were compelling for him. Um, we, but we also have a top five full of guys who are nearing, like, are they all of them over the age of 30 at this point? I think they are. Like, And most of these guys have insane wear and tear, like, some of the most ridiculous action-packed careers of all time. And so you you got to expect these top five are, are going to have either their absolute last chances soon. Yeah. Or they're, and they're going to have to meet a lot of these new guys coming up. And there are a ton of new guys on their way up in this division, like, like that are worth paying attention to, like Fiziv, Gamrot, Sarukian, Turner... Kuta Taladze, etc. I'm sure a lot of other fighters I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's like, there's also this whole movement, I, I think, towards a lot of more fighters becoming more all-terrain in at lightweight that hasn't really necessarily happened in a very long time. Because for a while, it be- kind of became a division full of, like, stand-up skilled bangers who weren't quite, excuse me, equipped to handle, like, the wrestling game of Nurmagomedov or Faults with Ringcraft, we're seeing some clever, like, technicians develop who are thinking about minimal tools and well-roundedness in clever ways, such as Sarukian, to kind of navigate those difficult areas. But even still, Makachev is kind of of a similar mold to Nurmagomedov, whereas, like, even if he's, like, a different fighter than Khabib ever was still... He's still weaponizing, like, his specialties intelligently, yeah, you can he has, tell. he has a very clear winning condition. And that's yeah, like... and he's good at pushing for it. So, I think lightweight, um, lightweight's going to be fun no matter what, just because the fighters there are just inherently fun to watch and match up in great ways. But I do think and hope that lightweight starts having changes soon if it's to have that development. Yeah, I think uh, let's... One thing that we gotta get out of the way is like talk, to talk about like the poor Gage Chandler talk that they don't fight other people like that needs to be broken. I I think it's very important for the for the health of the division. Um, sadly, it's Poirier versus Gage might happen. 
just because the problem with those three are that they are like very big names under UFC obviously wants to protect them because the UFC now knows that um, a fighter being a, a big name is not doesn't necessarily like transforms you uh, into a big name unless you are like stupid big like Conor McGregor obviously Conor made like Nate Diaz and Dustin into stars but I'm not sure like if you can make a star out of some lower racket guy beating Dustin or KG. Um, and not that they would lose to anyone because they're still very, very good fighters despite their age and the wear and tear. Um, and we've seen that with Benil Darius, that it's like similar age and similar amount of fights to the other three fighters, but he has been fighting these up-and-comers, and we all saw what happened when he fought Gandrod, one of the best performances of the year. Um, so yeah, uh, who would you who would you like uh, those three, Pori, Geji, and, and Chandler, face next? I think, so obviously, like, politics play a role in these things. Um, I, I feel like... Um, yeah, let's talk, uh, like, what do you want and what do you think will happen? Yeah. So I think, first and foremost, from an entertainment standpoint, like, nobody's going to complain about watching these guys fight each other. But if we're being honest about, like, the division, like, developing, it's not it's not the thing that's going to happen. So we're, we're thinking more in terms of the latter, what, like, needs to happen in its own way, as opposed to, like... Because we could watch these guys fight all day, to be honest. Um... So, I think at the very least, um, I think giving Faziv a shot at, like, a Gaethje or Poirier lends itself to a really, really interesting test. Yeah. That'll uh, still manage to be entertaining. Faziv has been calling for both Oliveira and Gaethje, and I think both are very intriguing fights. Uh, sadly, I think both guys uh, said no to that. Uh, Poirier, <laughs> I think, might accept that one. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Um, I think Sarukian is isn't the most entertaining fighter, but like he he he's, his improved craft and like um game would be I think an interesting test for someone who's been trying to like figure out his identity at the top, such as Gaethje, because it may just be Sarukian figures out that I, I can get you to the fence and pin you. Or he might run into some serious problems with some of the damage Gagey can inflict. So yeah, Sar- Sarukian versus Gagey or Chandler would be very intriguing. Um, obviously, because the a fight against uh, Dustin, I think a lot of fight a, a lot of people would expect like Sarukian to easily wrestle Poirier. Uh, I think he would he would have success wrestling Poirier, but also Sarukian is not the hasn't been shown to be that devastating for top position against elite fighters and so I, I think Pori has a good shot but it's more of a of a who gets to do uh, their thing you know yeah uh, against Sarug- KG and Chandler he needs to overcome like a good wrestler that can defend wrestling and that would make it a lot more interesting I would say mm-hmm. um an interesting wild card in this division I think is Jalen Turner 
because he's shown quite a bit of like some incredible like fast starts. Ertz, as far as like all out offense, and it's kind of going to be interesting to see if like who can halt that offense early. Because he's he's also just a massive massive fighter, even at lightweight. Um, it's hard to really say if that'll work against like the guys who love when the other guy comes at him. But Turner's shown himself to be a pretty offensive force that I think he'd be an interesting challenge. Yeah, I, I would say, like, Turner. Um, Turner, I sadly, not, not, a, not a good shot against uh, Makhachev. And I think, like, Gamrot or Sarukian would, would probably beat him too. But against the other ones, uh, it gets very interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Um I think Chandler, uh, as an offensive wrestler, um, against guys who can put a, put on a pace, um, not that big of a threat as we saw against Poirier. I think the the cardio doesn't hold up. I, I mean, the pace on that on that fight was completely insane. But you saw it wasn't sustainable for for Chandler, and that was only three rounds. So so maybe that's one one wrestler that Jalen Turner can beat, especially because he starts so so quick and Chandler mm-hmm. has been getting hurt lately in fights yeah. um, other than that like it would be unfair because both guys have been putting in such great performances but Fisier versus uh, Turner would be like a fucking oh, banger of a fight yeah <laughs> yeah I think I, I think the bottom line is here Um, we haven't even like talked about say like all of Var- Vera for instance or like the prospects of Volkanovski beating Makachev yeah for sure but but I do think, regardless whether or not the division has its development, that I feel like is kind of inevitable, like any day now. Um, I I think at the very least we're in the middle of some transitional period, but it's a good kind of transitional period, where even if the matchmaking has been weird lately, like we we have a lot of fights on the table that are probably bound to be very intriguing and entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I mean. The thing is that, yeah, the, the matchmaking has been kind of weird. Uh, it's because it has a very stark contrast between, like, very big names and more unknown guys. Uh, I think that Sarukian has been getting, like, pretty good recognition. He He's, uh, like, uh, very popular in the with, the, like, the MMA nerds, even though, like, everyone uh, thinks that we at the fight site hate Sarukian. <laughs> like... I personally don't like him like a fighter. I mean, I'm not a fan, but I can recognize that he's a very good fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very interested in seeing him against the top of the division. Uh, I think people like sometimes uh, mix, get get mixed with, with someone disliking a fighter. And disliking a fighter is not the same as not recognizing that they are good. I'm not a Mahacha fan, but... I can say that he's a very, very good fighter, completely elite. I wouldn't call him like a like a fake champion or anything, or any bullshit like that. And with same with Sarukian, like Sarukian is obviously very good, even mm-hmm. if if the ways that he's good are not very interesting to me as a fan, as an analyst, I can appreciate what he does as a fighter. Mm-hmm. I think even looking at the lower parts of lightweight, there's still like things to be optimistic about, like. Um, like, Dober and, like, Moicano have kind of been on some action renaissances recently. Yeah, I don't versus, think like... Dober versus Strikers is very compelling to me. Uh, yeah. Moicano, I think, uh, 
sadly he's going to keep uh, hitting his like physical ceiling at lightweight. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I don't think they're gonna hit like the top tier, but like, yeah, they're they're still gonna be pretty funny. At least they'll be around a little bit. Um, very tough, unfortunately, very tough tests for any up and comer like mm-hmm. Kutateladze, like who is someone that is very good and unheralded in this division. I don't think he would have uh, an easy fight fighting either Moicano or Drew Dover to make it to the top 15. Uh, mm-hmm. Grant, Grant Dawson is also interesting, even though I'm not a huge fan either, uh, because very strong wrestler and he brings like a different style than than the European wrestlers. Um, but he has shown to be very good. Uh, his last performance beating Marco Madsen, very impressive, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think we've covered lightweight in detail enough. Um, so we we talk about a good division in lightweight, a good division that has weird matchmaking. Let's talk about a bad division that has weird matchmaking. So can we please do welterweight? Please, yeah, let's I, do welterweight. I was I was talking about welterweight. <laughs> Yay! So welterweight. Um, I think welterweight is a really, really fascinating case study in a division. And I'll, I'll elaborate on what I mean by this statement in a bit. I think welterweight has been in a constant state of transition as far as an identity crisis since GSP's era ended. And I don't necessarily think it's found its footing in the longest time. And what I mean by that is we've had a good... A lot of it can be attributed to some weird, weird matchmaking. A lot of it can be attributed to, like, old guys. At, at, whereas we talked about guys at lightweight kind of sticking around just fighting each other. Walter White kind of has a different example where we have a lot of old guys who have stood around fighting everyone. They've just kind of ended up being there way, way longer than you would have expected. And what's also a problem is that we didn't get a lot of like organic like talent coming in for the longest time i'd say yeah so welterweight is like um i think the welterweight has like a a very large difference between elite and low le- and low tier level fighters um so it's harder for prospects to get like good matchups to get either you get ranked too high or you like end up in like some weird hell fighting guys forever it's yeah it's a very strange division for example we saw uh, vicente luque who wasted like his whole prime fighting everyone and then he started getting like uh, opportunities when it was already too late i think we all can see that luque is like past his prime right now yeah. not saying that he he would have been champion but i think he was the level of fighter that could have fought for a title or mm-hmm. could have been closer to that. And instead of that, he was like fighting on ranked guys for like five years. Uh, on yeah. the other hand, we have fighters like Sham Brady, that is one of the few promising uh, prospects in the division. And it, I think it's clear now that he got pushed to the top of the division way too fast. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, what's What's even promising at welterweight? I think welterweight, uh, as you said, hasn't found its footing. Uh, obviously, we have good fighters, uh, Usman and Leon, especially like the top one and two fighters. And there's Covington, I, I guess. I mean, 
he can beat most of the fighters in the division, I guess. And Bilal Mohammed like survived the uh, doing the thing the same thing that Luke was doing and now he's at the top of the division. It, it's all very weird. It's um, it's a mess to be honest. It's a fucking like, mess. Like part of part of it is like so if you go back to like post GSP, I think there was a clear hierarchy of about like five or six guys. And and at first you kind of had a bit of a, a, another round robin of violence with Lawler, but then weird things happened. So Tyrone Woodley became champion kind of off of the weirdest, like, hey, you beat the number 15th ranked Elvin Gastelum a year and a half ago. Congrats, you get a title shot. And then he becomes champion, and then he kind of runs into some stylistic favorability for a little bit. But also, you wouldn't exactly pick most of the guys to beat him that are there. And then, like, the new guys finally come along, such as Usman, Covington, Burns, etc. And they lay waste to him completely. And the old guard starts to fade away. But at this point, you then start to get a purgatory where, like, these same, like, old guys haven't completely gone away. But not many more new guys are breaking through. Or they're just being matched forever. There so are, there are like basically three like actually promising guys in the top fifteen that are not old. Um, there's Jeff Neal, uh, Sean Brady, and Shavkat, and that's yeah. it. Like yeah, and I mean like there's also Shemaev too, the most obvious one. But I mean, it's but like Sh- uh, yeah, the thing with Shemaev is that I don't think he's making Walter Wade ever again. But <laughs> oh yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, but it's like. It's kind of a division where you kind of just, like, you also know, like, as an archetype, this has always been a very wrestle-heavy division as well. So very it's weirdly, like, yeah. But it's also weird because you look at a lot of these guys and you know they're good wrestlers, but then it, you're kind of like, how the hell did Bilal Muhammad get to, like, the top of the division? Wrestling. <laughs> That's the weird uh, thing. Yeah. And then you kind of look a little bit below and you're like, like, how is it then that, like, guys other guys who are about as good as him aren't up there. And it's just, it's a, it's a weird division. It just is. I don't know how else to explain it in a way that makes it interesting. But at the same time, it means there's not a reason, a lot of reason to be super optimistic for it being interesting outside of its top five. Yeah. Every I think, era. I think Walter Waite is like, um, one of the divisions that you can look at like 10 years ago and the fighters, the ranked fighters from that era would be very competitive against these guys. Like, obviously, yeah. Usman and Leon are very good. But other than that, it's... I mean, Shimaya and Covington are still very good. But, like, Bilal Mohammed is not, like, way better than, like, Martin Kampman or or Rick Story. <laughs> like, like, I think... Uh, I don't know why, but, but Walter Wade, other than the very elite has not progressed a lot since the GSP days. It's very weird. I think uh, if you look at, like, Lightweight, uh, it's a, a clear progression since the days of, like, PJ Penn and Frankie Edgar to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, cannot say to say, I cannot say the same again about uh, Walter Waite. Yeah, well, Walter Waite just kind of feels like it, it's a division where the top five is always going to be interesting, but do it to talent pool or, like, matchmaking issues... A lot of guys don't get those shots, and so the rest of the division kind of feels like it's bizarrely like weak. 
Whereas the top five feel good, but it feels like there's nothing compelling at times in or out of that top five. Yeah. So if if we're going to play matchmaking, if Usman is not going to make it to a title fight, uh, it's probably not going to happen because it seems like his hand is injured. I would say give the title shot to to Bilal Mohammed. I mean, he's the guy who who deserves it right now. And um, and after that, uh, if Jeff Neal versus Chapcat happens, and that's a, a booked fight, uh, give the winner a title shot as well. Like mm-hmm. stop giving like free title shots to guys like Colby and Masvidal. Let's stop that, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think like Shimaev also like needs a big win if he wants to fight for the title. The the Burns and Holland fights are not enough for me. Mm-hmm. I mean he's yeah, very it... good. I mean I'm not I'm not hating on on, on Hamzat as a, a the quality of fighter, but you need you need to do better than like a very close decision against Burns and then like out grappling Holland when you miss weight. It's... Yeah, I I think the missing weight part's way more egregious in this yeah. case. Yeah, because it's because it's like ten pounds. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of got to prove you can make it if it's like ten pounds. That's a little excessive. Um, yeah, I I feel like we've covered well to it. It's just in a weird spot where it's kind of just like predictions are s- question mark some improvement, some changes. Who knows? Yeah, I think I mean Bilal Mohammed. I would say. Like not very hype on him, but but he's the guy that has been doing the work lately. He has the good wins. Uh, he deserves the title shot. On um, yeah, and Neil versus Chapcat is like the only like good prospect fight you can make in the division. So mm-hmm. <laughs> let's make something happen out of that. We should we should speaking of weird things, we should like address. Um, I think. I have a question for you because you totally know this division way better than I do. What what the hell is going on at women's flyweight? Okay, flyweight it's weird, but but next year could be interesting. Um, so obviously Valentina won the uh, I mean re- retained her her title in a very close fight against Tyler Santos and. And I think, uh, personally, I think uh, that was the right score. Uh, maybe Valentina shit her way to that win, but still, like, no point deductions. You gotta score score the fight for her. Um, it seems like Tyler Santos not getting a rematch, so who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Manon Fiorot, I, I guess it's fine for the title, and I don't think that's very compelling, in my opinion. I mean, she's, like, a not as good Valentina. Uh, so there's that. Uh, the wild card moving on into next year when it comes to flyweight division is that apparently uh, Tatiana Suarez is going to fight at the division. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And as Ed said in a podcast that we just made, uh, the worst parts of Valentina has always been her getting wrestled. But also, <laughs> Tatiana Suarez, like, Clearly lost like two rounds to Nina Ansarov on the feet, so who knows what the hell is going to happen mm-hmm. there? But at least that's an interesting fight. Other than that, um, there's Alexa Grasso, and I think she could maybe give Valentina a good fight if she can keep it standing. 
And Erin Blanchfield is a very promising uh, prospect, but I think she needs more time. So who knows what's going to happen. But at least there's a few options for Valentina that are not like straight up like uh, mismatches. Even Fiorot, yeah, obviously not picking her against Valentina, but at least um, she's like very physical, very big. Uh, Valentina won't have like her obvious advantage of being twice as fast and twice as strong as she is against some girls like like Shukagian and Lauren Murphy. So, I mean, I it, think it has seen worse days, I would say. Yeah. I think my, my impression of the division is, and you can clarify this because you know it a lot better than me, this, this division still feels like it's kind of still in a very, very developmental stage since, like, even when it was made. Yeah. As far as, like, figuring out kind of, like, talent, because it feels like the people who had already challenged Shevchenko have kind of no longer are ranked or aren't as ranked as high. Um, the, the one is, like, Shukagian, and she lost the fight versus Fiorot. But I think that that was, like, good matchmaking, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... It's just kind of a weird division where, like, clearly, like, the top person was way more experienced and, than everyone else. And since then, it's just kind of been a catch-up game for a while. Yeah, it's been a catch because Valentina has so many advantages. Like, she's, like, an insane athlete and also very experienced. And she's mm-hmm. been fighting, like, either she's been fighting, like, fighters with similar level of, of experience, but against a lower level of opposition that are not good athletes. And now she fought like a very good athlete in Tyler Santos and and experience difference was like the the DX factor that allowed Valentina to retain. Um, mm-hmm. A rematch with Tyler Santos is interesting, by the way. Like right. it was a very close fight. And Zhang Wei Li has been talking about moving up to fight Valentina as well. Interesting. Should we segue then to one fifteen? Because that's definitely a division that I understand a little bit better. I mean, the matchmaking is a lot easier because there's more talent and yeah, and more essentially to the, dis- to the yeah. division. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of had a bit of a weird saga for a while with like some of the turnovers um, between Nama Yunes, uh, Whaley, and Esparza. But it f- kind of feels like a s- it kind of feels like between Nama Yunes, Esparza too being like the worst thing ever, or that that was kind of a fight that could go either way. So. I can't, um, looking at the division, like, I've seen a few of them fight before. It seems definitely like a deeper talent pool, um, but it kind of feels like the developing, like, physicality and, like, focus on that with Zhang Weili is kind of going to be a problem for some of these other fighters, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think, um... Like the yeah the, the physicality allows Zhang Weili to be very versatile, and that's a big problem to some of the girls. Like for example, I think like both Marina Rodriguez and Zhang Xiaonan would have troubles with the physicality and speed of Zhang Weili. Um, one of the interesting matchups for for Weili because it's a fighter that can match her in that department is Amanda Lemos. I mean, we've seen uh, Lemos being wrestled before, but other, but still, like she's very, very strong and she's a sharp striker. Even though she's frustrating because she's very low volume, but she's dangerous, a huge hitter, and mm-hmm. and Jang Lee, despite like being like this high output striker, I would say the striker, the striking is like 
like his her weakest point at this stage like her wrestling mm -hmm. has been looking like very solid and right. and she has trouble like putting stamp on fights on the feet i would say uh the knockout of joanna like being like an apart mm -hmm. yeah i i feel like looking at 115 like it, it's probably the most consistently exciting division in one in women's MMA because it feels like a division that's a lot deeper along its progression, but also like consistently has a lot of exciting, versatile, like skill sets developing. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that division pans out in the next few years. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think it's very clear that uh, 115 is going to keep being like the best division in, in women's MMA, at least in the, in the UFC. I mean, yeah, looking I... at the looking at the top fifteen, that's actually very good top fifteen. Like, it is like uh, one twenty five starts getting pretty weak in the in the in the bottom half, and not the case with 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 Strawweight. Uh, mm -hmm. Talking about divisions that go to hell very quick. Um, let's talk about. Uh, Women's bantamweight. <laughs> um, I mean, on one hand, it's good that Nunes got beat, but on the other hand, she also won her title back in just about the most frustrating way I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, considering last year's competition was you fight the worst fight ever, you win a very close decision, and I think this is worse, I think kind of says a lot for me, because... Your response to dealing with a, a, a slip jab, mind you, a jab that's also terribly thrown, is to just switch to southpaw the whole, whole fight. And this is your champion who's been, well, for the lack of a better term, pretty dominant over everyone. And it's kind of hard to imagine any one of these people beating her at the moment, I'd say. So... I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's weird because like it's it's kind of embarrassing that you you gotta learn to fight southpaw to deal with a dipping jab, but also like she did learn to fight southpaw, so I guess that gotta count for something. Uh... Uh, but yeah, I mean the division is kind of rough. Uh, there's two fighters that I think are interesting fi fights for Amanda, especially if Amanda is like losing a step a little bit. Um, the problem is that Amanda is, like, well-rounded, so she can just, like, wrestle maybe these girls, uh, but Ketlin Vieira and Irene Aldana are, like, the only fighters that have anything for Amanda, I, I would say, at the moment. Everyone else is just going to get washed because Amanda is, like, such a monster athlete, and... And despite her huge limitations and how funny it was to see her lose to a dipping jab from Juliana Peña, of all people, she's still a pretty decent fighter that can make use of those athletic gifts. It, it feels like looking at this division as well, like it doesn't feel like it's had a lot of organic development too, because a lot of these names are people who've been in the top 10 for like the last few years. Yeah, those, some of these names have been around for a fucking while. Like, 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 I know for a fact Raquel Pennington challenged like five years ago. 
how the hell is Holy Holm still in the top five is insane. Holy Holm and Pennington have been there like since the Ronda Rousey era. And yeah, and then and then there's like Misha Tate who's been fighting since like 2007, yeah. I think. And the thing, yeah, I mean, but Tate is clearly like out of her prime. But if you see like Holy Holm and Pennington fights, they are still like beating pretty much everyone except like very few fighters. Like we mm -hmm. we finally saw like Holy Holm losing a fight on her feet against <laughs> against Vieira and uh, Pennington like. Beat like pretty cleanly, beat Macy Chiasson, that's one of the supposedly promising fighters of the division. So it mm. is it is rough out there. Like the division yeah. has been very stagnant. Yeah, that's a shame, but I mean it is what it is with that division. So. There are like some fighters that have some promise. I mean Carol Hosa and, and Norma Dumont are like decent strikers, but they're not the mm. level of athlete that you need to challenge for the title, so yeah. Hmm. I feel like we need more optimism. So we should do bantamweight. Yeah, the males, male bantamweight. Yeah, so so bantamweight has had a bit of a period, I think, where some of the matchmaking towards the top was weird because of, like, Cruz, Dillashaw, Garbrandt, etc. Um, and then it kind of had a weird era where Piotr Jan, after fighting an incredibly intelligent fight, decides to illegal knee Aljamain Sterling. And then, since since then, the division kind of sorted out some hierarchy, but um, it's been a pretty consistently great division as far as, like, producing fights and, like, guys developing along compared to most of the others in the sport. And it, it kind of, you could argue, like, even if some of the results you don't really agree with, it still is probably the best division in the MMA on all these fronts that we've been talking about. Yeah, I think uh, it. The thing that Bantamweight has over over both featherweight and, and lightweight is that pretty much everyone on the top fifteen right now, not not pretty much everyone, very few exceptions, they're on their prime. Um, the guys that are not on their prime, they are, they are still very competitive, and <laughs> and it's a and an, a lot of up and comers and a lot of like as you said organic growth in the division. Uh, the top fifteen is looking amazing right now. Um, yeah, it's, and it has for a while. So yeah, it's like yeah, even just if you just narrowed it down to like the top six guys, the top five alone might be the best top five in the sport right now debatably like um because you can see all these guys that's one of the biggest things about bantamweight compared to any other division is the skill pool of like and like like skill set pool like none of these fighters are like one dimensional you can see them like having like answers in almost every single like kind of facet and if they don't have something as developed, they have, like, a way to enforce it. Yeah, even and, even the fighters that seem to have, like, holes in their game, they still have answers. And, and the holes are, like, not as pronounced as some guys in other divisions. I mean, you can tell, like, oh, okay, O'Malley and Vera have been taken down uh, not long ago, but... But I mean, they they weren't like smash on the ground. They they make their way back to the to their feet. So, 
I mean, they are very competent fighters. Even in their weak areas, they are very good. Yeah, and even, like, the best fighters of the division, like a Sterling or Jan, they aren't, like, the best or untouchable either. Like, Jan's proven in his last two fights, hell, I'd say his last, like, four or five, that, like, there's, although he's very good and no one's going to have an easy night with him, like, he still has all these little defensive and offensive tricks that make make surviving him difficult, but you also have to have little, th- do those things consistently to, like, maximize your victory. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people didn't realize watching live how close uh, Pierre Jan versus Corey Sanhagen was. Yeah. It was pretty close. Yeah. It's also, in talking about Sterling, too, like, Sterling more, th- actually, except probably for Cheeto, like, or, and maybe Song, actually, um, are, like, the fighters who weaponize, like, that single margin of error for the maximum result of, like, victory. Whereas, like, guys like Jan, um, and... O'Malley, I, I would put in the same category as... Actually, as, yeah, you're, tr- you're right. Cheeto, like, very dangerous fighter. Like, very, like, as far as enforcing their dangerous moments to maximize yeah. results. But you also have guys who are more, like, focused on building effectiveness, like Jan and Corey, and, weirdly enough, Cheeto sometimes. And um, Mirab, too. Mirab, too, Yeah. So, so you're seeing all these wide variety of fighters, and it's just very interesting because it's like looking at how every single fighter like matches up. It's hard to think of a fight that ends up being a dud, or yeah. at the very least, not compelling sure. in some facet. And that part's really, really cool because it's like, like you can conceivably think of someone being a dog in each fight. So it's like Sterling versus O'Malley, for instance, like seems to be the fight they might be targeting next, and it's like. Like, O'Malley showed is a flawed fighter in his own way, but, like, that performance against Jan, I think, kind of woke a lot of people up that, okay, he's not really a joke. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think the, the style of wrestling that Aljo brings to the table is a lot more dangerous than, than Pure is for yes. O'Malley, but uh, I think O'Malley has a way easier time with... I mean, it's... Aljo is a better matchup for O'Malley on the feet than, than he is for, for Jan. I think a lot of the ideas that Aljo used to to trouble Jan on their first fight are not there against O'Malley. So mm-hmm. it's, 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 it would be interesting to see what what adjustments uh, Sterling does on the feet to deal yeah, with Ster- O'Malley. Sterling's proven to be a very strategic, intelligent yeah. fighter. And also, and, like, and also, Mali showed like you cannot yeah, just like shoot on him. Like the first layer of takedown defense it is there. Like you gotta yes. set up your shots. Yeah, it's like in Ster- Sterling striking. Like though, despite like his intelligence and how he weaponizes it, it's still there are still a lot of smoke and mirrors that are used in it to kind of like he's still not a powerful hitter. But and there are still he, technical flaws. There, like oh, we yeah. saw, we saw TJ Dillashaw like easily outpositioning Sterling in the very few exchanges they had on the feet. Yeah, and it's like, but it's still like just because of how he weaponizes it with in tandem with his actual strengths, it um, it still makes it hard to like pick against him. But it's like you still see how everyone has some shot in some way, shape, or form, and so it's like. Yeah, it's just like yeah. I, for I example, think Bane... for example, against Cheeto, like 
I know like Sterling would win every round, but he would be in danger the whole fight. Like you know, he would be in danger. Yep. Yeah, it's like th- that's that's what's cool about bantamweight, and I think like in many ways, like when we thought Jan was going to be the top guy for a while. With good reason, I, I think this has kind of turned out to be a pleasant surprise, but it also, I think, really reinforces how Bantamweight works as a division compared to any of the others. It's yeah. like, you can't have... It's a division where everyone's too well-rounded and too good in, in order to, like, separate yourself that much. Like, without... But you also... But that said, at Bantamweight, you need certain skills or like intangibles to get there like you need to have like some physical tool like you need to have like sterling's impeccable background and in grappling or like skill with the back takes you need to have o'malley's power you need to have yon's like defense and like adjustments you need to have like cheeto's finishing ability you need to have like like insane durability like sandhagen etc etc everyone has like an x factor that they bring to the table yeah that was makes all the the matchmaking is so easy in bantamweight because you you just put together a fight between two top contenders and it's always compelling. Yeah, and you can't miss either. Like like Cheeto Vera is fighting Corey Sandhagen. Like one in the of next the few best months. fights you can make in the sport right now. Like, exactly. No like like e- even if you may pick like Sandhagen in it, Vera is a very live dog and he's always good at surprising. And it's like like Sandhagen may be made of iron, but you can get to him. In yeah. many ways. So it's like, yeah, it's just, there's no, although you may like disagree or not like some of the fighters at, around the top, even like th- this is a division that is really healthy right now. I'd yeah, say it's very healthy. And also like by far the, the most exciting, like 10 to 15 <laughs> ranking, like, because it's all up and comers, like Ricky Simone, Umar, Chris Gutierrez, Janius, Jack Shore and Said, like that's, an insane like bottom of the top 15 Uh, yeah no other division has like so so many exciting junk fighters coming up yeah and you even have unranked guys too like even if they're old like barcelos and henry are very good a sunset a sun cell is still really really good it's just yeah you can't miss with this division best best division best division in the sport easily so let's move one down to to Bantamweight's little brother is Flyweight. And Flyweight has has been having a rough time like building up since the UFC made a mess out of the division. Uh, hopefully this is the last time that we, we see Figueredo versus Moreno fight. Even though if Moreno wins, we might see a fifth fight and that <laughs> would be such a fucking mess. <laughs> Yeah, the fights have been great. No, but... the fights has have been good. I was negative after the the third fight. I was mad, but it was a good fight. I gotta admit. Like the, these fights have been good, and like rivalries are cool. But it's kind of the same thing with the whole lightweight situation. It's like, well, what about the rest of the guys? Like, are they gonna get their chances? I mean, but Pantoja is doing the like the elite version of what Luke did. Like he's. He's yeah. wasting his whole prime being ranked yeah. number two of the world. Yeah, and at, le- at least they gave, like, Cara France a shot, but he lost to um, Moreno. And, like, it- it's just like... It was a good fight, though. <laughs> it was a good fight. Yeah, the thing about these, 
thing about flyweight is just it's kind of been it had a history of like dealing with behind the scenes fuckery. Now it's just been kind of a matter of just like these two guys have fought like almost no one but each other for the last few years, and so everyone else has kind of just been left in like weird purgatory. So, but at the very least, a lot of the fighters who are coming up are very interesting. I'd say. Yeah. The, there's finally like some new talent that that it's coming up and it's coming up strong. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the rankings, we have Mokayev and Jeff Molina. Those are very interesting. I mean, Mokayev not not as exciting, but very talented. Obviously, very strong wrestler. Uh, Molina like very scrappy, uh, well-rounded. He can turn fights around. And then on the on the higher like half of the division, I'm I've said this like three times already this week, but I'm very excited about both uh, Mateusz Nikolaou and Amir Albasi. Like those are good prospects, and I'm yes, excited. They to, are. Very excited to see both of them like fight the the elite of the yeah. division finally. Yeah, I've seen good things out of Manuel. Uh, is it Cape? Yeah, they say Cap. On the uh, on the broadcast, I personally I would know. say Cape, but I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah, I I've heard very very good things from him too recently. Like he seems like he's coming along since losing to Pantoja, but it's like yeah, he's finally showing the potential that we all knew he always had. Yeah. So I, I'd say the thing about flyweight right now is like I I don't know if it's gonna have like a stronger top five than it did like DJ or like Benavides or like Suhudo yeah. around. It's. I don't think it will, but the division's very fun. It's finally like the gears are finally turning. the The big problem is this rivalry at the top. It's not that it's bad, but it hasn't allowed the the contenders to flourish. I would say. Yeah, and it's like so the main the top guy Figueredo like Figueredo is inevitably gonna fall off soon. I mean, and he's he, or, he already he already is. is. Yeah. He already is. What I mean by like falling off in the rankings, like physically, oh, he yeah, is not the sure. same guy. But and Mor- to be Moreno, honest, Moreno, as young as he, as he is, like with this brutal fight against Figueroa, yeah. he's also like falling off a little bit. Yeah, and Pantoja is pretty old himself, so it's like y- you you're gonna expect some turnover soon, and it's kind of inevitable. But like, I think this division is definitely one to watch as far as development. It may not like get the matchmaking and spotlight it deserves, but Sometimes it's kind of going to work in its favor. Sometimes it won't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's also Royval we haven't talked about. Kaikara France and Royval is still relevant, even though they have lost their their last fights. But they're, they're young. They still have time. They won't fall off in the in the near future. At least I I don't expect them to. So yeah, I mean, uh, there's promise in in the division. I just hope for the health of the division that this is the last time that we see like Figueredo and Moreno facing off each other. Yeah, I mean at the very least, like let someone else challenge next. Like Pantoja's yeah, right there. For fuck's sake, yeah. Yeah, but who knows? I I think like there's good reason to like look forward to Flyweight's next few years. Um. So moving on to another division, and uh, let's do. do let's do middleweight. Let's talk about you that. You coward. One. I want to do light heavyweight. That's okay. Um, <laughs> middleweight. So, middleweight had something really weird happen. Um, 
the top guy for the last few years has been Adesanya, and like the clear number two has been Robert Whitaker. Whitaker couldn't beat Adesanya, even though they were having like consistently the same win- victories yeah. for the most part. And then um, Israel Adesanya's biggest hater came along and knocked his, <laughs> him out again. And it it was, though, to be fair, a very, very close fight that Adesanya was kind of doing really well in. But it it just kind of it happened again. And so now we kind of have a different view of a division that maybe a month or two ago we didn't expect. But how different is it? It's. Because middleweight's always been a really weird, gimmicky division. Yeah, and the and the weird thing is that other than Pereira, that it's like the new guy, very old division too. Yeah, it's um. There's not a lot of like active talent, and the talent who's come in as kind of like. I mean, we need we need to take this moment to say that we messed up with Darren Till. We thought he was better than he is, and then, I don't think I've ever seen a regression. Yeah, or us being wrong worse than the Duplessis. He looks so bad. He looks so fucking oh, bad. Oh, oh my and, god! Yeah, and Duplessis didn't look good at all either. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's the thing a... that even even like some of the new names in the division are not are not young. Like Duplessis is not particularly young and probably a finished product. Uh, Chris Curtis, as much as I like him, pretty old. Um, there's Imavov, I guess. Uh, Imavov is good, but don't think very promising against the the, the elite. Yeah, it's and uh, most Paulo of the top... Costa, Who knows if he's going to fight again? I'm. A... Who knows? Yeah, it's and a lot of these guys are also older. They're just done. Like Jared Kinnanier and Derek Brunson are almost are so forty. Old. Yeah. Marvin Vittori is like young, but and seems like he's trying to develop. But who knows? Whitaker's probably like done done at his at his prime and has kind of just yeah. relied upon a lot of skills the Whitaker, last like being carried by still being a very good fighter but probably losing yeah. a step already um, yeah and, and then who we knows? have guys on the come up like Dolice I mean he he has been winning every fight by finish so he deserves a shout out um very meme finishes by the way and another other than Dolice like who who is there like it's like uh, Duplessis, Andre Muniz, and Imavov. And of those three, like only Imavov is like a actually competent fighter and not an, a living meme. So <laughs> it's a very weird division, man. It's it's a division where it's like the gimmicks of even like unranked fighters are there. Like Tavares is, is the guy for the takedown defense. And Brunson is the guy who is like weirdly one of the only like three actual wrestlers in the division. I don't, I don't know if that's right or wrong. Who the fuck knows what's going on with? with and Jack that's Hermanson. like the, the insane, like insane gimmicks. Like Andrew Muniz, his whole thing is doing arm bars. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like it's insane. It, this division, and so with Pereira at the top, at the very least, it makes things interesting, but. But it kind of feels like we're still in a really, really similar spot. Yeah, if they if they make like, and and also like, obviously, Adesanya has a good shot against Pereira in in, in an eventual rematch. 
Yeah. But Pereira also has like new information about the MMA, about Adesanya, and he has three wins against the guy already, even though the first one is a bit sketchy. <laughs> but Yeah, and it's like it's like how it's like looking at the vision, it's like, okay, it's kind of interesting to think about how he fights the other guys now, but at the same time it's like are we are we kind of just still in the same spot? Because it doesn't feel like anyone else is kind of going to grow from this. Yeah, it's it's weird. And and if Adesanya like regains the title, then we're just back to square one. And and if he's the champion against, he's like the the most dominant champion in the sport. Like because just because like no one in the division is very interesting for him anymore. Yeah, it's like, you you can see some improvements with Whitaker winning, and I know some people gave it to him before. I didn't. No, no, but, no I did not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's... It was kind of close, but it was pretty clear for yeah. Adesanya, in my opinion. But it's like, in honest, in has kind of been content with most of these guys to kind of coast because he recognizes they don't really pose many threats to him. But it's like... Not really, not really anything's like super like developmentally interesting. Like Pereira fighting some challenges is interesting, but yeah, it's like because there's a lot, a lot more like unknowns about Pereira. Yeah, and, and Pereira fights uh, a, a style that gives more margin to his opponents, as we saw in his fights against yep. Bruno Silva. Um, if we're honest, like. Andre Muniz or or Imabov versus Adesanya like does nothing for me. I know for a fact that Adesanya would fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, it's like looking at this division, it kind of feels like most of the top guys have fought each other already. Like the most exciting fight you can make is Cannoneer versus Costa, which would honestly be really great, easy. And Whitaker versus Costa too, yeah. Yeah, but it's like look looking at most of these, it's just kind of like you just sit here and you're going like. Eh, I mean, it's not, there, there's not a lot of reason to really be too invested in this division. It's, I don't think it's quite bad, bad, also, but it's like, yeah, eh. it's not awful, but it's very, man. also like there's three, no, four guys in the top 15 that won't fight each other because they're all teammates right now. Uh, Marvin Vettori just moved to Extreme Couture so there's Vettori Strickland Dolitze and Chris Curtis they're all Extreme Couture <laughs> I didn't know that that's great um, oh my god that's awesome yeah I, I got I got nothing else just gimmick division do you know what's the worse than a gimmick division is it heavyweight or light heavyweight? It is like heavyweight. That's the word. This, okay. Let's, let's get the worst one out of the way. <laughs> um. Okay. Because so, I kind of think they're as bad as each other, but fuck it. I'll do light heavyweight first. Um. So light heavyweight um, had a, a bit of a weird era post John Jones where like John Jones lost to Dominic Reyes, but the judges robbed him. Fuck you if you disagree. Um. With Jones, Cormier, and like guys like Gustafson going downhill or leaving, it's it both opened up the division competitively, but actively the skill ceiling has gone down tremendously. Yeah, I mean there um, there there are a few like good guys. I mean not good like good relative to the division on the top, 
but yeah. I think it's one of the most stagnant divisions in the whole sport. Like it's w- it's a division worse, where it's worse like... than welterweight. It's a division where I watch fights from ten years ago, and the level is actually the yeah, same. Yeah, it's like or even lower sometimes. It, it's like although you think like fights between like the top four or five guys are just like compelling, just because it's like, and they've kind of played out as like competitive, interesting fights. These are still really, really gimmicky fighters, but they're also, like, the weirdest, like, unprocessed shit, I think, ever. So it's like, we have Jerry Prohoshka, who is this offensive whirlwind of, like, bizarre rhythms and insane, like, physicality. And terrible defense. (laughs) But, like, terrible defense and, like, bizarre world decisions. We have Glover Teixeira, who's ancient, but still, like, this, like, really, like, the, like, division's clear best top player. Yeah, and, and also, like, one of the best well-put-together fighters. <laughs> yeah. Even though who, his whole game is, like, overhands and single legs. Yeah. And then we have, like, Ann Kalayev, who is, like... Maybe who the in best theory, fighter in the division. Yeah, he might be the best fighter in the division, but it's, like, he's, like, weird strategic problems. Yeah, he's, he's like a skill for skill, like life probably the best, but I mean, I think that the draw versus Blachowicz was fair, Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, so did I. Um, yeah, and then there's like Blachowicz himself, who's Very literally almost fighter. 40, yeah. 40, but like stoop, like weirdly one of the most well put together pure stand-up fighters in the whole division, if not the. Yeah, then moving so, on, we have Rakish, like a very good athlete, but... The depth is not there. He's also not very aggressive. Anthony Smith, like he's 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 decent. I mean, he he's a fighter that can fight everywhere. But why is he beating everybody? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Yamaha Hill versus Glover is interesting at least. I mean, it's one of the better fights you can make in this shithole of a division. Yeah, it, it's a division where it's like. Even if the fights are entertaining and, like, really fan-friendly and fun, um, it's still, like, a division where it's, like, it's not really something you're being optimistic about the improvement. It's, like, it's a big reason why Reyes' fall was so depressing. Yeah, because Reyes was one of the most promising fighters in the division. Yeah. He fell off a cliff, like, immediately. Yeah, and and it's, like, some... what's, What's weird about this division also is... Some of the guys in the top 15 are young, but they're just not, like, improving or, like, getting, like, into better fighters. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, there are fighters like Ryan Spann and Johnny Walker, and you are like, what is even there? Like, yeah. like other, other than being, like, huge and very good athletes. But. Yeah, or you or you have fighters who just like are memes, like Craig. Like, how the fuck is Paul Craig ranked higher than Vulcan Uzdemir? Craig Didn't Uzdemir like, beat him? Craig is like way worse than Roman Dolice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, oh my god! Yeah, and, and just they, at, they even they even look alike. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like I don't know. Like some of these fighters, like I'm soft for. But it's, like, I, I don't see some of them as, like, necessary to, like, get the division in, like, a better it's, state. It's such a weird division, man. Like, they're, like you're, you're going to see, like, some really, really, like, crazy fights, I'd say, just inherently, just with how weird everyone is. But, 
yeah, it, it's a division that's, I think, just stuck in, in the mud, really. Like, as far as development. But at least, like, at least it's progressing in some way. Yeah. Is how you could be optimistic about it, but... Yeah, but I, yeah. I think I think it's it sucks that when Glover and Yan finally like drop off the top fifteen, it's probably because they are old and not because the younger guys are better. Uh, that's such a sad thing. Like, yeah, and, I mean they're they're like, both they're both like pretty past their prime, especially Glover, and they yeah. are still like beating everybody. Yeah, it's. I don't know what else to really say. Like, even even if it's entertaining with fights, like, I, I know, like, how many people, including I Love Glover Jury, even though it was, like, a strategic mess, it's like, you watch that fight and it's like, is this really the fight that's going to, like, push the division, like, forward yeah. too much? Yeah, it's, like, it's very weird that we had a fighter in John Jones that, even though we had the fight side criticized a lot for being overrated, but... John Jones, a very, very good fighter, and it's John weird. Jones would beat all these guys, like, so sorry. easily, so easily, like, I mean, he, he did beat a, a way better Glover Teixeira than the one that was champion, and he did it, yeah. like, with no trouble at all. Like, um, there might be some weird things some of these guys offer, such as, like, Ankalaev and Blokovic, but it's like, would I, mean, I pick them I mean, over the, him? The, no. The version, the version of Jones that lost to Reyes, yeah. The actual prime John Jones, I don't think they have a shot at all. Yeah, that's what we mean. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, it, it's it's like a division that, I, I don't know what else to say, really. It's yeah. just, you kind of look at it and you just kind of laugh. Yeah, I mean, if if Yamaha still loses to Glover, like, come on, dude. <laughs> It's so, like Jiri like Jiri had to go to hell and back and then the other prospect loses to him. Yeah. So I guess that leads us to probably the only division that might be funnier, heavyweight. Oh, but I think I like it a bit more. <laughs> I know. But I find it funny still. Yeah, it, so, no, it's very funny division. <laughs> so heavy Remember all the problems we said about, like, how some divisions like Welterweight had problems of, like, guys getting old and then staying old while at the top? This is that, but, like, way more. But, but also... But but also they have prospects, <laughs> at least. Except there's one major problem with all the prospects. Yeah, of course, there's, like, one huge problem with every one of them. Um, a very huge problem. <laughs> but, yeah... Uh, so heavyweight Hasenganu, we don't know if he's going to fight because the UFC doesn't want to pay him despite him being a pretty big uh, draw. I mean, Ngannou is super popular. Everyone wants to see the big guy punch big guys. And the UFC doesn't want to pay him. And yep. after that, we have um, we have two, uh, three main prospects. The, the problem with Blades, that is one of them, is that he already lost twice to Nganu. Uh, we have Gan that lost once to Nganu, but, um, but a rematch might be interesting, to be honest. And then we have Aspinel, who is like the, the only guy that is like a competent mixed martial artist in the whole division, and he got injured fighting Curtis Blades. So... so- yeah, I, I look at this division, and I'm like, two guys have kind of separated themselves from the rest of the, the pack a bit, but also, like, a lot of the 
division's been weird. It's like Blades will be looking good against everyone, and then he'll just lose to Derek Lewis for some reason. Because but then Derek Lewis will start getting his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Gon will beat up Tuivasa, but he'll also almost get knocked out at some point. And then God knows what's going on with, like, everyone else. And then, and then Pavlovich is, like, knocking everyone out, but he lost he does super nothing. easy to over him. <laughs> I, so it's like, you look at these top two guys and you're like, these are good heavyweights. And Aspinall might, and Blazer might be good heavyweights. And, like, some of these other guys are, like, decent, but it's, like... At mm. least they are, like, better memes than the ones at 205. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it's, like... It's, like, looking at this division, if I had to think of a good way to describe it, it's, like... I think heavyweight has always been one of the most attribute-heavy divisions, but... With divisions like Bantamweight, you see attributes weaponized on top of an ancillary skill set. Whereas, like, no, heavyweight's, heavyweight's just kind of... Heavyweight's sell out completely on their attribute. Like... Yeah, heavyweight is like... one. Yeah, we're just selling out on the attribute, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, like with some exceptions. It's like, part of the reason what made Stipe so exceptional for so long is that, like, Stipe did have, like, huge power, but it's like, most of his success relied upon him weaponizing his skill sets. And that's why, like, he beat so many guys for so long. And it's like... And then Nganu really had to step up in order to do it, so it's like... Even if it was a super old Stipe, like, that still matters. Yeah. Uh, The Stipe thing is interesting, and and of course, Jon Jones is finally going to make his debut at heavyweight. Nah, that's... That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking forward, um, one thing that I want for heavyweight, uh, I want two things for heavyweight, three, three things for heavyweight next year. I want Francis and Gano to fight. I want Cyril Gant to keep being aggressive like he was against Tuivasa, even though he almost got killed there. And I want Tomas Pinal to come back. That's all mm-hmm. I, I can wish yep. for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about the other guys, but I mean, at least like s- some of the divisions very funny. Yeah, I, I do mean, mi- and, and, and Tivura is still ranked, so that makes that's true. That makes heavyweight burn and like heavyweight immediately. Yeah, yeah, Tibura, Tibura at the very least, like he's a very flawed, janky fighter, but he tries. He's getting old. He though. tries so hard. Yeah. <laughs> He tries. <laughs> and then there's Blagoy even on him. Tibura beating Romanov was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, and then there, yeah, and then there's Blagoy Ivanov, who is basically the most immortal man in the sport. I can, do not think I've ever seen that man hurt. <laughs> he got... He has been hit by, like, Ben Rodwell and Derek Lewis so fucking hard. He was hit by Junior Dos Santos like 10 billion times, if I recall. He, he didn't look rocked in that fight, and that was five rounds, yeah. That's dumb. I, I, yeah, I remember the Derek Lewis fight, and I remember that being like the fastest-paced Derek Lewis fight I've ever seen. Because Lewis is like, I'll just punch you a lot. And you're like, wait a second, you can do that? Uh, are you going to do it again? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ivanov was just like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm a little bloody, but I'm, I'm good, man. <laughs> that dude is ridiculous. Yeah, it's just like... 
I don't know what to really say about heavyweight. It's like the top two guys are intriguing. We hope we watch them develop and fight more because it's like these struggling divisions do need good fighters because it's like part of the reason why we appreciate Stipe so much is because like he kind of is an indication of how good heavyweight could be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Stipe was so good and and we had other good fighters in the past like Prime JDS was pretty good. Uh, Kane yeah. over him. We've seen good fighters at heavyweight in the past. Yeah. Uh, it looked bleak at times, but uh, yeah, and, and I, I gotta like give a shout out like to Spivak to to try to have a coherent game like fighting behind the jab and wrestling. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like if you're going to do that, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it kind of is like th- this is kind of a weaker stage for heavyweight right now, but. Who who knows? Was between like Ospinall and like some other promises. Like, who knows? It might it might develop into something a little better sooner or later. But right now things are looking a little bit between inactivity and like coming up like on the eh side. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's make a little thing before wrapping up. Um, one fight you can make one fight at every division. Okay, that you want. Um, uh, okay. Flyweight. What what do you want to see at flyweight? Okay, so are you asking me in terms of fights that I want to watch or fights that I think would be beneficial? No, something that you want to watch. Okay, fair enough. Um, have Moreno and Pantoja fought before? Yeah, uh, Pantoja is two and zero against uh, Moreno. Oh, that's he, funny. He beat him in the Ultimate Fighter, um, and he beat him here in Chile. I was. Yeah, their life. I he, haven't. He absolutely I haven't wa- kicked his ass, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Fuck it. Pantoja Nicolau. That that would be very good. A very good yeah. fight, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very excited. Um. To me. Um. Yeah, Nicolau versus Moreno also like sounds very exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicolau very. Also, Albasi versus Figueredo. Just because, like, he's a good wrestler and, and seems to have mm. decent striking. And we yeah. know what happened when you body lock Figueredo. You take him down. So. <laughs> yeah. How do you think uh, Nicolau versus um, Cop would go? Because, like, I definitely haven't watched enough Nicolau, but I remember watching some Cop recently and that didn't, kind of interested me. Didn't they fight already? I think they Wait, did. they fought. I have no idea. I'm going to have to check now. I'm sorry. I should have checked. I think uh, it was very similar to like the Pantoja fight, but if oh, I'm okay. not mistaken. Mm. Oh my god. Uh, let me share. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm confusing him with. Oh no, yeah. He lost a split decision to Niccolo. Uh, but it was a very good fight. I, I would recommend you to watch it. Huh. Yeah, I'll check it out later. Yeah. Fly, flyweights I'm a little behind upon as far as checking guys out, but noted, I'll make that near the top of my list. I mean, they, they, they usually fight in, like, obscure, finite cards, so that's understandable. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Bantamweight, we can pick something that is not Cheeto versus Sandhagen, because that's yeah, already happening. that's already happening, yeah. Um, damn. Uh, I mean, at the top, uh, I think... Uh, O'Malley versus Sterling is pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go like a bit lower in the rankings, I think. Hmm. 
man, it's like what is like Song Yadong versus like Ricky Simon? That would be like hmm. like fight between athletes, but very like stark contrast in their styles. It would be interesting to see, especially because like Sang Hagen got to wrestle Song Yadong, but. He's mm -hmm. a very crafty striker, so he can operate for like closer than mm -hmm. Ricky could. So it would be like an interesting fight to me. Yeah. What would you make? Um, I would love to watch Jan versus Cheeto specifically. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Just because we have two very similar guys who are like all about like more about their effectiveness instead of volume, but like they're. Vera is more marginal, and Jan is very difficult to give margins to, but he he can be hurt, and Vera can't. So, but also two very very different fighters as far as like thinking about fights strategically, yeah, and like tactically. So yeah, that fight would rule. Um, also for Lowell's, make the two Nurmago Madoffs fight each other. That would be actually fun because like Said is like very aggressive pursuing submissions, and you know like Umar could look for for takedowns all night, so... Oh, I know. That's another reason why. I actually mixed them up. Don't tell anyone. Um, okay, so, Featherweight. Um, oh, God. Let me think. Uh, I mean, it, it wouldn't be, like, very cool for... Uh, I mean, it's not good at matchmaking, but Holloway versus Allen would be pretty interesting. It would be pretty good, yeah. Um, or in that Kate... one, Topuria versus Ifloyev, that didn't happen. That was a very good fight. Yeah. I, um, I'd be interested to see Topuria versus Cater if Cater is still in some good shape after the surgery. Oh, yeah, that would be, that would be very good. Yeah. Um, I would really... Um... What about Ortega versus Topuria? Oh, God. Oh, fuck yeah, let's do <laughs> that. That would be so good, yeah. No, fuck yeah, that wins. Let's do that. Oh, that's a great one. I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. it's very interesting. Tepor I don't know if Teporia's quite ready in his development for that fight, but it's also like Ortega's weird enough that it'll be fun. Anyways. Yeah, that, that would slap. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so Walter Waits. Um Lightweight, my mistake. I forgot lightweight existed. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with a lot of these. Fizzy versus Gaethje or Poirier would fuck. Yeah, Fizzy versus um, Poirier would make me very nervous as a Dustin Poirier fan, but it would I'd be, be, a, I'd be an less... insane fight. I would pick Poirier over Fizzy, I would to pick be him honest. too, but it's a dangerous fight either way. Yeah, um... I would really, really, um, let me think. I'm not looking at unranked guys at all, unfortunately, so I don't know. Um, has, um, oh God, what was his name? I'm, I'm not going to remember his name. That's fine, whatever. Um, Oliveira versus Dariush would interest me a bit. Oh, yeah. I think I, I, think I, I would pick Dariush. Maybe. I think I would. I'd have to think about that. I think it would right, be very, 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 cool. very good fight. Yeah. Um, there was someone I really wanted to watch Sarukian fight. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I mean, the, I don't remember. Sarukian is, is probably going to rematch Makachev, and it's going to be like 
a better fight than the first one. True. Um, I I mean in terms of like fights I want to watch. I don't in excitement value, but I don't remember. That's fine. It, it, the answer is probably Fizzy versus Gaethje or in the, in the lower half of the of the rankings, like just make like Jalen Turner versus uh, Moicano. Like just go wild with him. I have another idea. Make Jalen Turner fight Drew Dober. Oh, I, I Drew Dober called for that fight after beating Bobby Green. So oh, probably very fun. happen. That, that would, would be insane. I, I worry about Dober a bit in that one, but it should be awesome. Gavin yeah, Dover has an insane shit, though. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, welterweight. Um. Okay. Let's say Chumayev can make weight. I would love to see him fight Covington. I think that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting fight. Uh, Chumayev versus uh, either Covington or Usman. This is like yeah. Uh, I, well, I've not actually ever watched Shavkat other than knowing what people have told me about him, so I can't comment. Well, Shavkat's um, pretty good. You should watch him. It's He's yeah. weird, though. He's weird, but he's good. Yeah. Um, pff, who would I... Just because it morbidly interests me, I would be interested in watching Leon versus Burns. Yeah, that would be a good fight, actually. I mean, Leon, obviously, big advantages, but... But Burns would make it scrappy, and you know, like Leon doesn't like Burns scrappy a great, a lot. Burns yeah. is a great starter. Yeah, he starts so hot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That I I would say Covington Chimaev interests me the most, uh, just because of like dynamics. But who knows? Yes, that that, that one is very interesting. I, I would I would be very excited for yeah. for Covington versus Chimaev. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know my middleweight one. It's Cannoneer versus Costa, easily. <laughs> yeah, because you know Costa would bring the heat to Cannoneer. I'm not just talking. He, he would force him to have a, a high output fight. Yeah, God, that would actually be awesome. It'd also be super funny just because I could make jokes about, like, Crystal Q Anon versus, like, the ultimate meme lord of, like, getting drunk on wine. I'll figure what out about, that joke later. What about Costa versus Pereira? <laughs> I think Pereira might kill him. I mean, yeah, but... But it'd be f- really fun. It would be very fun. Because <laughs> I don't think Pereira is, like, great getting not backed up in, an, in a cage, but also, like, Costa has the weirdest brain of a fighter I've seen struggling with Rockhold. Even if Rockhold's an insane athlete, that was still really weird. But yeah. Um, that's a good call, though. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna shit for for like heavyweight. Do you know what I want to see? What? Giri versus Pereira. <laughs> awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, I would at light heavyweight. Um, I I've always wanted to see Yuri versus Jan. Just to see what that looks yeah. like. Yeah, that that one <laughs> compelling actually. I think that fight would be really fucking because fun. Jiri Jiri probably can win that with wrestling, but I don't think he would wrestle. <laughs> nah. I mean, yeah, and it's also like Jan Blakovitz. It's still pretty durable, so it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bang on on Jury taking him out. Yeah. Like, if anyone could knock the other guy out, it's definitely Blakovitz. <laughs> That, that, that's actually pretty good. Heavyweight? Yeah. 
Um, it is Gamora's okay. Aspinall for me. Like, I guess I haven't watched enough Aspinall to really know how he works, but yeah, I'd be also intrigued in another Lewis gone dynamic on the feet a lot longer. But if the wrestling problem got put away, um, I'm not really interested in a lot of heavyweight fights, so I have no, no idea. Yeah. And it's more fun when they are just like unranked five guys and they just yeah. bang. Mm-hmm. Um, women's strawweight. Strawweight? Um, oh Willie versus um, Lemos, I would say. Or Andrade. Or the rematch with Andrade. Yeah, those two. Um, I feel like this has happened before. Did, did Mackenzie Dern already fight Tisha Torres? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they won, did. Never mind. There was the decision. I think Tisha actually won the fight. Oh yeah, yeah. Dern won, but like Tisha probably deserved it more. I remember. It was it was pretty good actually. Yeah, I I recall that fight was fun. Um, damn it, I don't know then. Um, so skipping ahead, one twenty five. What is the funniest fight we can make at one twenty five? Because I honestly don't the care. The funniest fight we can make. I'm gonna give this off to you. What is the funniest we can make? Oh man, that's because I, I would have said like Andrade versus Valentina, and then Valentina just kick her ass. <laughs> that already happened. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know, man. It's hard. I'm not surprisingly low amount of meme fighters in the rankings of 125. <laughs> like, hmm. the, they might not be very good, but they're actually, like, p- put together fighters instead of memes. Hmm. Damn it. Um, just make, like, Fjord versus Valentina, just so we can sure. see, like, the mirror match. <laughs> sure. It'd be funny. Um, 135. Oh, oh, I want Aldana God. to get the title shot. Other than that, I, I don't really care. All right. Didn't Aldana have a strategic failure against Holm? Yeah. Huge oh God. One. But but Holm is like a meme, so you That's you fair. know you know MMA fighters how they do when they fight the karate uh, fighters. They yeah, fight stupid. Yeah, that's true. Only d- only Anthony Pettis can break the karate course. <laughs> that's true. Um. Yeah, I I think looking at this whole topic and like. It's entirety. It's like look, looking at these divisions. It's like I, I feel like there's reasons to be more like interested in like the development over time. It's just you know, it's also the UFC. You know, lots of fuckery. But w- with divisions like bantamweight, lightweight, and featherweight, especially like we can't be too unhappy. And like even even the worst divisions have at least one interesting thing going on. Yeah, I'm being too optimistic, much. though. <laughs> no, it, it is good. You gotta be optimistic. Yeah. I will say, though, um, hmm. L- looking at 2023, I-, I don't know what they've made, like, um, in-, in terms of, like, matchup title pictures or, like, what things are going to progress, but, um, yeah, I-, I think at the very least, all the divisions between the turnovers and, like, talent pools like there's some reason to like expect some things happening in the next few years yeah Which... I think this year should be exciting unless we get hit like super hard with the injury bug but hmm. but there's promise in 
pretty much all divisions. Uh, well, maybe not welterweight. <laughs> I mean, if like a certain guy makes weight a little bit more, yeah. That, that would but... be very interesting, actually, yes. Yeah, and, if, but... and if Covington decides that he's an MMA fighter again. Yeah. I don't know what Covington's doing now, but it's probably boring. He's he's not fighting because he's suing Masvidal, so he. Oh yeah, sue. that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I too would sue Masvidal. <laughs> I don't I don't know why yet, but I'll figure it out. We we will figure that one out. Yeah. Otherwise, um, yeah, I I think we've covered about the main thing we wanted to, um. You know, like, I, I once wrote in an article of mine, mixed martial arts is a sport of, like, considerable disappointments and, like, bizarre irregularities. But you know what? I kind of love it for that, too. So even though, like, we've talked about all these, like, bad divisions or, like, things we find upsetting, like, I still, I still at the very least think there's a lot to appreciate about, like, even those things. Because it's, like... It tells us how hard the guys at the top have worked, how good they've gotten. And it also, like, tells us even for the guys who are flawed, like, they're just doing their best. And, like, that matters, too, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, as a fan, especially, like, when you're, you're so invested in the sport, we can, we can get into this, like, negative way of thinking and cheating on fighters a lot. And, and sometimes it's, it is not very justified, like... You can understand there's a lot going on in the sport. A lot of fighters that are like not don't have like good games going on. It it is sometimes not all their fault. Like sometimes they don't have the resources, access to good coaching, the time. A lot of even ranked guys to these days uh, have like day jobs. So it mm-hmm. is the the sport is a mess and still the fighters are trying to give us the best they can and we we yeah. can appreciate that yeah the, these guys are still like even the ones who are like terrible people in some ways like you shouldn't stop shitting on them by the way um no, for but sure, yeah. but you're but they're still giving it just about enough effort that it deserves respect so it's like yeah even if there's like a fighter that you don't like they're still doing that and it we we at the very least are trying to be somewhat objective as far as like talking about how good they are and what they do well and so it's like like i i feel like that's the best amount of respect we can do just being honest with ourselves both about our biases and whatnot because this sport is a mess but it's also like given us some incredible highs that even if those highs are also a mess you know what there are mess yeah and we own a part of it too the whole thing is a mess so you you might as well enjoy it uh, I know I'm I'm usually very negative, like saying like Jerry versus Glover was a terrible fight, but but fuck it, like let's let's enjoy things more often. Yeah, Glover Jerry is like an interesting topic amongst staff, to be honest, because it's like strategically it's a nightmare, but eh, fuck it, you won't find many fights where guys won't give more than that. Yeah, I mean, and I think he has shown like very interesting stuff in the past. I think he. Even with all his flaws, he looked very good in the Reyes fight. I think yeah. I was a bit disappointed in the Glover fight. I think he he looked a bit regressed on that one on the feet. But yeah, I I'd agree with that actually because like there there were some choices with pressure, but it's also like I think going in it was also just like Glover just had a lot of the wrestling acumen that the division just doesn't. 
Yeah, I think that that put uh, I, he made him uncomfortable for sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's always cool to just like see all these different sides. It's like you aren't going to see like a tactical chess match like Ismagulov Kutavladze all the time. I'm or like something super high level, all, all um, such as like Volkanovski Holloway three every day. But when it happens, it's very cool. But likewise, you're not going to see like a blood and guts like epic war like figure eight on Moreno anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. So it's like y- you got to appreciate all sides of these. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you gotta lower your expectations, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of good in top level MMA very mm-hmm. often. Yep. Um. Yeah. yeah. We're being too nice about the UFC, though. Um, yeah, but that's I mean, okay. fuck the UFC. Yeah, fuck the UFC. Um, you should pay your fighters better. And to... better yet, make better posters. Like, Jesus Christ. Have any of you gone back and looked at these things? Like, ever seen the Woodley Thompson, like, UFC 209 one? I, I they put a black, sc- they put a black screen. One. They put a black screen and then put, like, basically silhouettes of the two fighters. <laughs> in a stare down on it. It's so oh, great. Oh, yeah, that one is so bad. Like The they, only one... I have found funnier ones, though. The Shogun St. Cruz one. The Shogun St. Cruz one is very funny, too, because it's like, what if we just put Shogun in, like, a picture frame with g- ugly green in the background? Uh... <laughs> Fenyo is currently looking these up. But yeah. Then you, yeah, so... And then whatever the hell that Glover jury one thing is that gave me like severe like whatever that that happened. That which was that one? It it was two seventy five. The one where like they put them in like this weird like this like seven square diagram and then put all the letters in the background and you oh, can't the read one it. with Joanna and the, the one yeah. that you can't read. Yeah, I went. Mean... I don't, I don't hate that one. Uh, it it has some. That's okay. Some bad choices, but it, yeah. But <laughs> at least they yeah, tried. I, they tried on that. They one. tried. You know what? Fine. I just can't read it. And I get mad about that. But <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, uh, ultimately, I'll, I'll always be a fan of MMA. I'd say just because, like, you know, what? It gives me a lot to think and talk about, and e- even if a lot of the fighters aren't my favorite. I learn a lot, and I think that matters. Yeah, uh, I think uh, um, I think Dana White should stop slapping his wife. Yeah, that's true, and ESPN should like have more journalistic integrity. But that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, I I got nothing else to say. Um. Well, actually, I do in a minute. But Fenio, do you want to s- have anything before I sign off? Um, no, I let you have your moment right now. I think it's important. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I gotta, gotta get right. Hang on. Um, okay. So for all of you who have followed me the last few years, and, and for all of you who um, have listened to any of these or whatnot, I, I've already said this maybe a couple of times, but you guys are amazing. This whole like experience was kind of a surprise to me. I never really thought I'd be doing some of these things and making all the friends I've made, all the peers that I've made and 
it's really given me a, a lot of like ability to be introspective about myself, think about why I love these sports, what I value about them, what I can learn from them. And hopefully I've done at least somewhat of a decent job portraying that or the best that I can. Um, I, I've always said that I genuinely believe anyone can do the analysis or work that I do. Not everyone will, but because it's a lot of hard work and make no mistake, I worked for it. But if any of you listen to these things and want to do them themselves, I am always here to support that. And I am always here to help give criticisms and feedback to help you improve. And I'm always going to be here to talk about these things even when I retire. Just because I won't be able to turn the fucking thing off now. Um, but regardless, um, I, I've always enjoyed doing this. And it was a real pleasure to do it. And I wish I could do more. But I, I also just know I'm unable to do that. And that's about all I can say. Just thanks, guys. I really, really can't say that enough. And I and, thank you um, for, for joining me for so many podcasts i i have so much fun podcasting with you and the the door is always open to to do whatever yeah that's that's true i might i might come back but depends upon time and availability but i'll always i'm still you can still find me on twitter and discord i'll respond when i can um and hell i'll probably still say things every day that nobody cares for but that's okay anyways we do care. thanks we do care <laughs> You're supposed to be the mean one. What the hell are you doing? No, um, no, I, I love you then. <laughs> okay, I love. it's okay. I love you too. Um, And everyone, I love you as well. Thank you for this opportunity. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was a lot of fun to talk about this. I've always wanted to. You all take care now. <laughs>